Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is Minister Macmillan, and today we are reading in the book of Galatians. Before we get started, let's praise the Lord. Father, we praise you. We praise you, Lord. You are holy. You are magnificent, Lord. You are worthy. You are mighty, Lord. Father, we praise you. Oh, you are worthy. You are worthy. Magnificent in glory, honest and true. You are worthy, you are worthy, oh Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. You are worthy. You're magnificent and holy. Oh, Lord, how I love Oh, Lord, I love you. Oh, Lord, I love you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 Lord. Lord, we praise you, Lord. Praise you, most holy one. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads and let's 
pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask Almighty God that you be with us today in this word, guiding us and helping us to understand all that's before us. Lord, we thank you for this word today and the edification of it. We thank you, Almighty God, for all that you do for us in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen, everyone. Amen. We are now going to start reading Galatians. Paul, an apostle, sent not from man nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the brothers with me to the churches in Galatea. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave him for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. No other gospel. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Eventually, some people, evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Am I now trying to win the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preach is not something that man made up. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my provision, my you for you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism. How intensively I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many Jews of my own age and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not consult any man, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was. But I went immediately into 
Arabia and later returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing you is no lie. Later, I went to Syria and Silica, and I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, and they praise God because of me. Fourteen years later, chapter 2, I went up again to Jerusalem, and this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also, and I went in response to a revelation and set before them the gospel that I preached among the Gentiles. But I did this privately to those who seemed to be leaders for fear that I was running or had run my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false brothers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might remained with you. As for those who seemed to be important, whatever they were making, whatever they were, makes no difference to me. God does not judge by external appearance. Those men added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they saw that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as Peter had been to the Jews. For God, who was at work in the ministry of Peter as an apostle to the Jews, was also at work in my ministry as the apostle of the Gentiles. James, Peter, and John, those reputed to be pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to Gentiles and they to the Jews. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. Okay, we can take note of this today. We are sent out to do God's work. But how many are really, how many are thinking of the poor? How many actually give to the poor? Those who are going through times, hard times. Those who are going through hard times every day. 
We have churches in our communities that give to programs, and it's always it always has really stuck in me that you're the church of a particular community, and say there's two of you. Okay, I'll say two for the uh, country areas. Most city areas, there is anywhere from three to six or more. And by saying two, I'm speaking of two or more, okay? You realize in your community, people are poor. They're going without food. Uh, don't, their houses are run down. They're barely making it. And please, don't tell me you don't know because everybody knows who is and who isn't, okay? Um, all you have to do is open your eyes and look and see. Problem is people don't bother to look today. They look the other way. They look all up and down and all around. They don't want to see. But that is one of the things that we're supposed to be doing. And as church body or religious groups and organizations, that is the first thing at the top of your list, is taking care of the poor so that they're not poor. Make sure they have food. Make sure that their houses are, are standing, got water, heat, air conditioning, okay? But instead, what they do is they run out here and they get... <laughs> They take their money and they buy TV screens. They take trips all over the world. They have all these Sunday, Saturday evening programs where they have lots of food and everybody comes in and eats. And, and they have all these fellowships. But they don't amount to a hill of beings if they're not helping the ones that need to be helped. And this is all over the world. If you're not helping those that need to be helped, then close your doors because you're not doing anything. You're, it's a club. As some people say, it's a club. Um, okay, I'm going to go back now to Paul. A lot of people would be mad about that. But, you know, I've been around for a lot of years and I see this over and over and over again. And churches get big and they have all these programs and things, but they don't leave a dent in the community that they live in. Not a dent. And then people get mad. Well, I helped them last week. I helped them the week before last. How many times are we going to help them? Why do I have to give to them? Why can't somebody else give to them? I'm not their bank. Then you're in the wrong ministry. You are in the wrong faith because these are the things the Lord calls us to do. Don't care how many times it is. There's no set time on it. There's no set amount on it. Okay, Paul opposes Peter. 
When Peter came to Antitoch, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong before a certain man came from James. He used to eat with the he used to eat with the Gentiles, but when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision groups. The other Jews pointed him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. See? <laughs> hypocrisy. You speak it, but you don't do it. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, hmm, I said to Peter in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by the faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law, because by observing the law, no one will be justified. If while we seek to be justified in Christ, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners, does that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuilt what I destroy, I prove that I am a lawbreaker. For through the law, I die to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Okay, so if Christ is living in you, then you should be doing these things that he's talking about. Remember the poor. The life I lived in the body, I lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained throughout the law, Christ died for nothing. Hmm. Three, chapter three. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before your very eyes? Jesus Christ was clearly betrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the spirit, are you now trying to obtain your goal by human effort? Have you surrendered? Have you suffered so much from nothing? For nothing? If it really was for nothing, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you? because you observed the law or because you believe what you heard. Consider Abraham. 
He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foreshowed that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse, for it is written, curse is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one is justified before God by the law, because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith, on the contrary. The man who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessings given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Brothers, let me take an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or add to a human covenant, that has been duly established. So it is in this case, the promise was spoken to Abraham and to his seed. The scripture does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, but, and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. What I mean is this, the law introduced 430 years later, does not set aside the covenant previously established by God and thus do away with the promise. For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on a promise. But God in his grace gave it to Abraham through a promise. What then was the purpose of the law? It was added because of transgressions unto the seed of whom the promise referred had come. The law was put into effect through angels by a mediator. A mediator, however, does not represent your one party, but God is one. In the law, therefore, opposes to the promise of promises of God. 
Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But the scriptures declare that the whole world is a prisoner of sin. So that what was promised being given through faith in Christ Jesus might be given to those who believe. Okay? You have to believe. Before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law. Locked up until faith should be revealed. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. Amen. <clears throat> Chapter four, uh, sons of God, you're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and hair according to to the promise. What I am saying is that as long as the hare is a child, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, he is subjected to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also when we were children, we were in the slavery under the basic principles of the world. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also a heir. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who, by nature, are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God. How is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing, observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. Okay, what does he mean by that? 
you're observing special days and months and seasons and years. Mm. Days and months, seasons and years. Mm. Okay, let's move on. I plead with you, brothers, because like me, for I, because like you, you have done me no wrong. As you know, it was because of my illness that I first preached the gospel to you. Even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. What has happened to all your joy? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may be zealous for them. It is fine to be zealous, providing the purpose is good, and to be as always and not just when I am with you. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pangs of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I am perplexed about you. The other by the tree, tell me, you do want to be under the law. Are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born in the ordinary way, but his son by the free woman was born as a result of a promise. These things may be taken figuratively, for the woman represents two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free and she is our mother for it is written be glad, O barren woman, who bears no children. Break forth and cry aloud, you who have no labor pants. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born in the ordinary way persecuted the son born by the power of the spirit. 
and it is the same now. But what does the scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. Amen. If you are a believer in Christ, you're a child of Abraham. Therefore, you share in the inheritance of the free woman. Okay. All right, everyone. That is going to be our reading for tonight. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Almighty God, for the word that's come forth. We ask, Lord, that this word be a blessing to many others. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for this word today. In Jesus' name we pray, Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen. I just want to take a few minutes. Uh, it's kind of pressing on me. There are those out there who would uh, like at this time to partake and become one with God. Just bow your heads. Father, forgive me, for I have sinned greatly before you. I know not all the things that I do, but I do know that what I've done many is unlawful in your eyesight and sinful. And I ask, Lord, that you would forgive me. And I ask, Father, that you would come into my life and change things for me. Father, I believe in you. I believe in the Father and the Holy Spirit. I ask, Almighty God, that you would come into my life and bring the Holy Spirit that might guide me and lead me. It will help me on my way. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Almighty God, for hearing my prayer and answering. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen. Amen, everyone. Uh, if you prayed along with me, then continue to read your word and continue to ask the Lord to open up to you. And I'm sure he will. I'm sure you will be hearing and seeing a lot of different things happening in your life very soon. Okay, that's our program for today, everyone. This is Minister McMillan saying, have a blessed evening and good night. Hello, everyone. This is Minister McMillan. I just want to take a few minutes to say how much we appreciate you tuning in and listening to the Word of God. Um, also, if any of you have any comments or you'd like to drop us a line, you'd have something you'd like to say. Uh, there are several ways that you can reach out to me. Uh, one of the ways is through our URL, which now has um, been adopted, or I should say taken over. 
uh, by uh, Sputterfly. And uh, we are now same um, same as before, uh, but it's uh, under Spotify. Uh, it's Anchor uh, Dodge, uh, Anchor FM Dash Linda McMillan uh, Nine. Um, before that, it'll say probably Spotify Anchor. Um, another way to reach us is through my Facebook page, which many of you already have. Um, and the other way would be through my Gmail, which is um, McMillions, McMillions, M-C-M-I-L-L-I-O-N-S, 75 at gmail.com. So feel free to drop me a line. And let me know how we're doing or if you have any questions or you just like to add a comment, please let us know. We appreciate it. And I hope you enjoyed today's reading. Uh, we will be certainly diving into the book of Galatians. Today was the uh, first day that we're reading. And uh, as we get further into Galatians, of course, we will be getting into a much deeper study. Okay, thank you again for turning in. I much appreciate it. This is Ms. McMillan saying, be blessed and have a good evening. Mm -hmm.